Welcome to the Within Us podcast. My name is Ozzy Jankovic and I am your host. I'm so excited that you are here. This is season two and we are delving in to purpose-driven entrepreneurship. What does it take to really actualize your creative vision? I lead you on a step-by-step process so that you can implement your ideas, put your creative visions out into the world in order to create impactful and profitable businesses. Whether you're just getting started or you're already in business and looking to stay inspired and up-level on your journey, this is the show for you. Today, my guest is Linda Levitch. Linda is a communications expert and she's talking to us all about how to write and deliver a TED Talk. I was so excited to hear from her. I have not given a TED Talk yet, but interestingly enough, after Linda and I did this session, I was invited to give a talk of just about the same length on a personal story. I found everything that Linda gave over in this episode so full of value for me in crafting that talk. I will share the talk with you next week when it's finished. Right now it's in the works and I'm going to be talking about my personal journey speaking to some professionals in the industry of psychology and psychiatry. More on that soon. But in this episode, you're going to learn what differentiates a TED Talk from other talks. There is so much value in this episode. I'm so excited to dive in. But before I do so, I want to let you know about something really, really exciting. I am launching a brand new 12-week program. It's going to be similar to Mastery, but it's focused on professionals. So if you are a professional and you're interested in translating your professional expertise in your field, maybe you're a psychologist or a speech therapist or a coach or a meditation teacher or really anything that you're doing one-on-one, maybe you're doing it with some small groups, but you're ready to take it online. You're really ready to connect with people meaningfully on the internet, creating some groups and some courses and really helping people to a greater degree. This program is for you. This is called the Legacy Lab and it's launching really soon. I already have some incredible professionals lined up, signed up and ready to go for the program and I have spots open. So you can get on the wait list at www.drozzy.co backslash legacy. Go ahead and hop on over there now, get on the wait list and you'll get all the updates about this incredible program. With nothing further, I'm so excited to introduce you to Linda. Writing a TED Talk and delivering a TED Talk is definitely a huge piece of crafting that legacy. Whether you're considering going on TED or you just want to know, what is it about a TED Talk that makes this so different and so incredibly special? This is for you. Let's dive in. Welcome everyone. I am so excited to be here with Linda Lovich. Linda and I have been talking about TED Talks for quite a while now, I think almost a year. And it's a pleasure to be here and to have this opportunity to speak with you. And I don't think that this timing is at all a coincidence because after we spoke, Linda and I spoke about a week ago, about this conference, there was an announcement that was made that there's a brand new format for TED that's starting. So I'm very excited to speak with you, Linda, to hear all about it and to share the how-to of choosing a topic for TED, 
applying to TED and really giving that talk that spreads ideas that matters, right? Like they say in TED. So Linda, welcome. I'm so happy to have you here. Linda, you are a media and communication trainer. You have coached and mentored speakers at all types of places, including the prime minister's office here in Israel, the Israeli defense forces. You coach and mentor politicians and head speakers. It is an absolute pleasure to have you here. Welcome. Thank you so much, Azriela. I am happy to be here and happy to talk about TED. Yes, it was very funny that right after I spoke with you and said, you know, I was thinking of doing a course about doing TED Talks a while ago, but then Corona hit and with COVID, you know, there are no live activities. And then someone called me and said, oh, we are having this hybrid event where we're going to have 50 people in the room because we realized you have to have some kind of audience. It just doesn't work the same if you film people and they're talking, but you have to have the dynamics of an audience. And at the same time, it will be streamed to thousands of people. They've already done this in Brazil, from what I understand. They had 20,000 people on this wow. live stream. Yes. So it's happening. This is so exciting. So tell us a little bit about you and the work that you do as a media and communications trainer. Okay, great. So I work with diplomats at the foreign ministry. I've worked with government spokespeople. I work with people in high tech. A few years ago, I started working with university professors that had to do talks online to their lectures online. And that actually helped me later on when COVID hit and we had to do a lot online. So now I help people now how to do presentations for virtual meetings, how to lead virtual meetings, because it's a whole different thing when I work with the camera. As I said, I also do media training for diplomats, for high tech people. So now I'm combining the public speaking skills together with the media training online and helping people to get their message across wherever and whatever medium, because there are so many now. This is so important. And it's such a powerful time that we're in with more people than ever online. So with that being said, I'm so curious to hear from you about TED and your experience with TED and why you're so excited about training TED speakers. Great. So yes, I worked with a live TEDx event in Israel in January. And one thing that is important for people to know, it takes months, months of preparation for this. First, you have to give in your idea. You have to get accepted. Then you're mentored. You go into workshops. You put together your text. You rewrite the text. And then you rewrite the text because you keep trying and getting feedback and changing it. And you have to do live workshops. You have to work on your body language. You practice. And then finally is the night, the event, where you're in front of a live audience and they film it because they know already that they want to put these films online to reach even more people. So I have to say, I really enjoyed it. It was really hard, <laughs> really hard, because it's a lot of time. It's very intense. I was given specifically two to three people to work with. They had an idea. And at the time, to tell you the truth, it was a pretty vague idea. So we had to construct from the beginning, you know, what is the point here? Why are you sharing this with us? What do you want us to learn from this? Because people come sometimes with great stories or great information. I had a doctor who was an expert in IVF and wanted to talk about how IVF is changing, 
how we're learning more and more about the genealogical test can give us more information. But what's the point? And then we came up with the fact that he wanted to ask for more regulation, for people to be more involved and understand what's going on so they can be part of the discussion. Because as he put it, you know, people like Leonardo da Vinci had ADD and Chamberlain was probably manic depressive. And what if we come to the point where we can decide whether or not to have this child because we know they have this predilection for this disease, for that disease. So should we have that power? How do we decide? Who decides? And already there are different regulations from country to country. So this is really fascinating, Linda. And essentially, it points to what is so unique about TED. This idea that when you turn on a TED Talk, I know that when I'm going to TED on YouTube or the TED website and watching a TED Talk or a TEDx Talk, that there's something unique and special about that. So how do we as aspiring TED speakers think about the ideas that we have and what we're inspired to do and then making that into a TED-type idea, TED-type talk? Well, first of all, I think it's worthwhile to watch a lot of TED Talks and see how people build what they're talking about and why it reaches you. Because the basic idea, as you said, it's really giving. It's what do I have? What have I learned from my experiences or from my expertise that I want to share with others? Now, it's not just a story for the sake of telling a good story. Because people come to TED and they say, I got this great story. Something happened and it's funny. That's not the idea. We have to go through this arc, you know, like the hero's arc. I was doing this. Something happened. I learned from this. I want to share with you. Now, it doesn't always have to be something tragic. You know, I was sick, someone died, da, da, da. But something that happened that made you change how you look at life. Or as an expert, sometimes there are people who are scientists, academics, you know, that have learned certain things that they want other people to know about because it could affect their lives. So you have to look at what has happened to me? What do I know? What do I want other people to know from this? What can they learn that I learned? And I think that's an important point. What are your stories? What is your expertise? What is the information that you have that other people should know in order for them to have an impact on their lives? It's so generous to think about the fact that any human being can go through years of experience, years of hardship, and walk away with a talk that imparts the power of that journey mm -hmm. and literally save other people or guide other people. For yes, their future. Sometimes it's other people hearing, wait, he went through something similar to me and he came out on the other side. How did he do that? You know, you're saving people, like you said, you're saving people. You're saving them a lot of time and anguish, maybe, because you've learned that I went through this and if I applied this and this, I came out on the other side. So that's part of it. But it's not only that, it's ways of empowering people. You know, Amy Cuddy does things about body language. There are people who talk about how your brain works, creativity. There are amazing topics that just impart this information that really empowers me. If I know these things, wow, I can have better control of my body language. Wow, I can have a different mindset and really think about how to do things differently. So it is really empowering people. It's giving and empowering people. Changing lives. It's really powerful. So in terms of these upcoming events and how we get started, I've heard from many, many people who are interested, as I am, in potentially applying. 
how do we know which conference to pick? I know there are conferences happening all over the world. Where do we start with that process and what does that look like? I would go online and there's a whole description of the application process. And bear in mind that often they have local TED Talks, the TEDx, that's the whole idea of the TEDx in different countries so that it's not a big deal for you to travel you know, to Brazil in order to be in a TED Talk. And think of the local talks, see what other people are doing and think, what do I have to share? You can go online in the application. It's very specific. What they want is a unique idea to share, a takeaway for the audience, and often they want links to videos or recordings that you've done because they want to see that you have the practice and that you have the potential for being a good speaker. As I said, they will train you. There's a lot of mentoring involved, but I think it's a good idea to have some practice already so that you can show them, look, I'm doing this and I'm dynamic. I have charisma. I have an idea to share. I'm passionate about it. And then think about, I would start locally, unless you're really interested in, also depends on the theme. Usually they choose a specific theme for the TED Talks. So does your idea work in that? They try to make it rather broad, you know, new ideas of the millennia or innovations that change the world. But you can see which of those my ideas fit in with so that it would be appropriate for that. That sounds really helpful in the sense that we know where we're starting. If we have so many different ideas, it's like a starting point to narrow that specific topic down. I know that you speak with professional speakers and highly trained, highly skilled speakers and presenters. What if someone is interested in speaking at a TED and they don't yet have that experience speaking? They don't yet have those videos to show for themselves. Can you give some tips, advice, where to start with submitting those key pieces to show that you can do this? Well, first of all, I think you should get proper training in doing this. A lot of people have never really learned how to put together a presentation, never learned or been aware of their body language and how to control it so that I can really emphasize my message and be in tune with the message with my body. And I think if you get those techniques for how to construct, what's the structure of a good talk? How do I do that? I have seen so many times when I go to universities, when I go to the army to work with people, you know, they get there and they say, okay, do a presentation. And they have no idea where to start, you know, uh, okay, what? So if you can learn these techniques, I think if you get the practice and you get feedback on this, I often videotape people. I film them. I, even if we're doing it on Zoom, we record it. I tell them to look at it afterwards because that's how you learn with good feedback from someone who understands what they're doing. And looking at yourself, that awareness all of a sudden changing. I just talked to a woman the other day that had done a workshop with me back in November, and she helps other researchers at this university. And she said, Linda, I keep looking at that tape and I see how my eyebrows got stuck up there. And I tell them, you know, this is a little thing, but if you pay attention, you can change it. So it's a process and it's a skill like any other skill. I love that so much because... I think so often we expect ourselves to be able to be speakers because talking is something that we do on a daily basis. Everybody does that. (laughs) We expect so much from ourselves and yet this is really a skill. This is really an art. And like you said, watching ourselves, you know, so often I hear from friends, from clients that 
one of the most challenging things for them to do is to hear the sound of their own voice or to watch themselves on video. And I think it's so important what you're saying about noticing one little change, making that deliberate change, deliberately practicing, making a small change, one change at a time, and really looking at this as something that can be challenging and something that we can do, but that will take time and work. Exactly. I tell people, you know, shwai shwai, you know, slowly, slowly, each time work on something else. This time, I'm going to breathe. Some people don't breathe. You know, I'm just going to, they just keep talking and talking and talking. They don't breathe. Or this time I'm going to work on my eye contact with the audience. You know, each time you get better. Everybody has had good coaches. I mean, the biggest politicians have had good, maybe some people start at this level and some people start at this level, but everybody can get better. Everybody can learn from the proper techniques, the proper training and practice, practice, practice. This is so good, Linda. So I'm already taking so many tips away from this in terms of practicing on camera, watching ourselves on camera. You mentioned also breath and the speed at which we speak. Can you speak to those points a little bit? It's a very funny thing because, you know, I often work with Israelis who are speaking in English. It's their second language, but they're still talking really fast because if you speak quickly in your first language, you'll speak quickly in any language. And the problem with those people or the issue with those people is they're thinking two steps ahead. So they're going really quickly because they're already there, but the person listening or watching isn't there yet. So they have to practice speaking slowly, clearly, pausing at the end of sentences, because if I put everything together, you know, like I said, I also do media training. So people think, well, if I just put all the sentences together, then they can't cut it. They can't edit use the whole thing. No, it's all garbage for them. You know, it doesn't help. So breathing, and we can also hear it in your voice when you're running out of air. And so it's very important, especially like on Zoom, where maybe I'm in this little square and you barely see me, then my voice is even more important. I have to be able to follow it. Don't make it hard for me. Mm, It's so interesting as a speaker and a teacher, I can really identify with the desire to jump ahead and really make sure that we're putting in our all and giving everything over. And yet the irony is that our listener needs space. The brain needs time to process. Exactly. I need to get it, understand it, breathe next. Right. You have to give time for the actual audience, the listener, to absorb it, to receive it. This is so good. So tell me a little bit about this process. Suppose that we're going to apply for a TEDx and then we get accepted. So what happens next? What does that process look like? Okay, then you go through, as I said, text after text after. Now, the funny thing is I usually tell people not to write things word for word because then I am reading or it sounds like I'm reading or the words you know, the text sounds like it's something more formal and something written like from a brochure or the website and not conversational. However, you have to be very aware and you keep working on it because they want to know exactly what you're saying. They want complete control. They want to know from beginning to end what you're doing so that there aren't any surprises. There isn't anything that shouldn't be there. So the first thing is getting down the basic text. With that, they will give you workshops presenting skills, voice, 
body language, how the text should be, how to tell a story. Storytelling, of course, is a huge part of this. Because if you don't know how to tell the story correctly, you've lost me. Too much detail, not enough detail. Starting with that wow opening. And then you're working with a mentor one-on-one at the same time who keeps practicing with you and giving you feedback. And maybe you're changing the text and maybe you're working on the body language. So like I said, this process takes months, seriously, months. And then you have a couple of general rehearsals and then you have the actual show and they filmed you. So later on, after a couple of months, they also put those up on YouTube. So you have videos later, which is great. But the nice thing is also if they videotape a couple of times so they can choose the best take. So basically it's a process of months of writing, rewriting, getting comfortable with the text, making sure that it's that, wow, you have the arc that you are really imparting some knowledge and helping the audience, giving to the audience and the workshops that you get along the way. So the first 10. Wow. Sounds like such an incredible benefit to be able to engage in that kind of learning. Definitely. Definitely. It is worth going through and it's worth learning how to be a good speaker for any instance, really, for your life. I think it's empowering. The more you are in control of what you want to say, you know, how many times have we come out of even meetings where we said, oh, I was going to, oh, I meant to say that. I didn't get to it. It's really important to know what I want to say. What are my messages? What do I want the audience to remember? What do I want the other person in the meeting to remember? And people don't always prepare. They say, oh, they'll ask me questions and I'll answer. No, that's not it. So you really learn this process during the TED Talks. This is so powerful in terms of shifting the focus onto what does that other person need to hear? How can they benefit? Thinking about the audience and their needs and how we can really be of service with our talk and with our message. Let's hear, Joseph, what kind of questions can Linda answer? First of all, thank you so much for taking this time. You talked about the different divisions, you know, where TED is given and presented. So like, obviously, you know, I'm in Israel. I don't know who else is. How do we look up the next time that there'll be a Tel Aviv, you know, just so even if it's like six months away or a year away so that we could say, oh, you know, I'd like to go to that. And I can prepare for something in March, June, whatever it is. How do we find that out? I think if you look up TEDx Israel, then that will come up in the search. Okay. At some point, they have to also come out with some kind of call for people to get speakers So if you look up Mm. TEDx Israel specifically, then you'll see what is happening if they're already out there looking for people. Perfect. Excellent. Thank you so much. And Linda, in terms of timeframe for those, you mentioned something about six months. Is that what we can... Not quite. Look, it depends. People talked to me the other day about something that they're doing in six weeks. They've chosen the speakers, but they haven't really done the preparation for them, the training, and that's six weeks to two months. That's very little time. Usually it is five to six months, the whole process from applying, getting, receiving, being received, getting in. And that takes, you know, a month or so just to start. Then the actual training and preparations, a good three months, something like that. Yeah. Okay. So essentially we're applying to a conference that's, you know, a quarter or so away. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. You can think of like you've been doing today, you know, what are my ideas? What do I want to present already? I have two questions. Okay. One, if you give a TED talk, are you 
prevented from giving the same talk somewhere else? Ah, that's a good question. I'm not sure. We would have to look that up on copyright TED Talk okay. laws. But I think the actual talk is yours in the end. They put it up on video. So that's widely distributed and that's public. Okay. You might want to do the right thing and say, this is my original TED Talk and I will be doing it here. But I would have to look that up. I'm not 100% sure about the copyright laws for that. Good question. Second question. What happens if you flunk the training? That is a good question. Like the pilot's training here, that after a while, they might tell you not to do it. But Mm -hmm. usually, if they've accepted you, they already see something in you that you're a good speaker, you have a great idea to share, and they will keep working with you. Usually, if you get through that first hurdle, then you're in. I've heard of people being told because of their topic, actually, that you know what, you can't go there. This is just not appropriate the way you've taken your idea because you give an original idea and then you develop it into a talk. So it could be the way people develop into the talk is already not appropriate for them. And they decide, the people who are running the TED or TEDx talks decide if you can use that or not. Okay, great. All right. Linda, you know, you showed me a book earlier, this official TED guide. And I'm curious if you can tell us a little bit about this book and what to expect. Yes, what to expect when you're expecting TED. This is a great book <laughs> and has already been translated into Hebrew and I'm sure many other languages. And it is really an official TED guide to public speaking. What's great about it is for any kind of speaking, it gives you tips about storytelling, the narration, putting together a great structure for a presentation, engaging the audience, even voice and body language. And when I was asked to teach a course at the college in Netanya in their communications department, I actually brought this in. And luckily, as I said, it was translated into Hebrew and we used that. There are examples of, you know, how to tell a story, how not to tell the story. They even talk about how do you come up with a good idea for TED? So I recommend it not only if you're working on TED, but just for your own skills for public speaking, developing public speaking, dealing with audiences. I think it can help. And it's an easy read. Worth I think this is so valuable to consider that even if it's a TED Talk that we're working on and preparing for and applying for, that all of these skills that we're practicing can be so useful in so many other areas of our lives. Exactly. Especially the element of storytelling. Now, more and more, I've been asked to do storytelling for high tech, storytelling for startups, storytelling for different organizations, because the story gives a message. You know, what we call purpose-driven storytelling. I tell a story because I show you I've learned something from it. There's a moral to this. There's The bottom line is we learn something from it. So that's something very valuable. What's the title of this particular book? TED Talks, the official TED Guide to Public Speaking. I'm sure if you want later, I can give Azriella the information. She can maybe send out a link or whatever so you can see it. It's easy to find TED Talks online. I actually bought it locally in Israel in one of the bookstores. That says a lot because we don't have so many English books here. (laughs) That's right. I bought it both in English and Hebrew. That says a lot. Incredible. So this idea of telling stories, if we can talk about this one last idea before we conclude for the day, storytelling is spoken about in so many different arenas now. And it's something that I've been working on in some of my programs with my students and clients. 
How do we find the stories to tell that are going to connect people with us and connect people with our brands? I'm curious to hear from you about this in particular. Okay. So recently I did a workshop for, it was a very interesting project. People who were working in civil aviation, pilots, a lot of pilots, and someone decided to do a transition to high tech course for them because not a lot is going on for the pilots right now, right? And the one thing he wanted was storytelling. So I started looking into how high tech and startups use storytelling. First of all, most ideas for startups or high tech companies come from a story. Something happened. There's one person who was an avid bike rider and he was a doctor and he had a bike accident. And afterwards, he started thinking about what about these wounds, these chronic wounds that are hard to deal with, to treat. And together with those ideas, he came up with this kit for treating wounds. Now, that became the title for the news story in Haaretz newspaper because people are looking for the story. They can identify with that. And people remember stories much more than numbers or statistics. You said that I work with a lot of diplomats. So with them, I tell them, not only do you have to have the history and the facts and the figures, but you have to bring me the personal stories. Those Israeli soldiers are your children. Even if you're an ambassador, you have children. It's our families talking about the 4,000 plus Syrians who've been treated by medical staff on the Israeli border here that people don't know about, the stories that people don't know. So if you bring that, all of a sudden that brings in the pathos and the emotion to what you're talking about. Can you speak to that a little bit more, the pathos? Yes. Okay. This is a preview to my course in presentations. Aristotle talks about three elements in order to convince people. You have to have ethos, pathos, and logos. The ethos is the credibility. Why should you listen to me? Because I'm an expert, because of my experience, because of what I've learned. The pathos is speaking to the emotion, bringing in those stories, bringing in, as we say, the mother card. And the logos is, of course, bringing in the logic, the proof, the numbers, statistics. So if you have all three, that makes a very convincing presentation or argument. And that Aristotle came up with thousands of years ago. And that is still in practice and very important. Oh, this is so fascinating. So Linda, thank you so much for all of this. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited to continue brainstorming about TED and and start applying to some TEDs. Where can we learn more about you, connect with you and learn about your program and mentorship speaking? Thank you so much. Yes, if people are interested in more of these presentation skills, working for TEDs, using storytelling and appearing online, then if you could please either go to my website, lindalovich.com. I have a page on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn, Linda Lovich. Please contact me. I'm happy to send you information. And if we get enough people preparing for a TED Talk, I'm going to put together a class after all, Azriel. And now that we see that it's back in this new hybrid version, we're going to go for it. So please get in touch with me and I will be happy to give you more information and forming these courses as we speak. That's so exciting. Well, everyone is going to receive Linda's contact information in a follow-up email, as well as the recording to our session. It has been such a pleasure and such a joy having you here, Linda, and having everyone who joined live. 
really excited to hear more about your talks and your ideas that matter. So thank you all for being here today. Thank you for this opportunity. I see I'm already getting friend requests. You guys are great. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. All right, let's stay connected. Thank you everyone so much for being here. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Yes, there may be someone who's doing something similar to what you want to be doing. But what I have found over and over again with the dozens of professionals that I have been working with most recently is that if you are drawn to something, if you're attracted to something and you want to do something similar, you're going to do it in a uniquely distinct way that is going to speak to certain people in a way that only you can. So if you've got an idea for a course, for a program, for a new service, a new product, new business, run it by me. I would love to hear about your idea. I'd love to read it over, to look it over, and to see what you're inspired to put out into the world to create. Please contact me directly at ozzy at drozzy.co. That's A-Z-I at D-R-A-Z-I dot C-O. Tell me everything in the email. It's completely confidential. I will read it over personally, and I'll send you back my thoughts and my questions. And I'll encourage you because I believe that In this creative process, we need a support person. We need to be encouraged, especially in the beginning, because yes, there are always ideas to iron out and there are always details to look at and systems that we can implement and refine, but let's put it out there. Let's get it started. So send me your ideas. I'll have a look. If you want to put idea in the subject line, I will get to it as soon as I can. And I'm looking so forward. Thank you for being here. If you appreciated this episode and you learned from it and it helped you, please do share it with a friend. It is the greatest gift that you can give for me. I create these episodes to help you, to support you, and I want to see them spread. So I believe in spreading ideas that matter, just like Ted does. And if you believe this episode could matter to someone else and help someone else in their speaking journey, in their business journey, pass it along, send it in an email, in a message, post on social media. If you post on social media and you tag me, I will reshare your post on Instagram or Facebook. I am Dr. Ozzy Jankovic on Instagram and I am Dr. Ozzy Jankovic on Facebook. Looking forward to hearing from you, to hearing more about what you're up to and to seeing you next time. Wherever you are in the world, I hope that you continue to meet yourself with kindness. Until next time, abundant blessings and successes.